The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Most thinking people know that something is wrong, that our world is in trouble. It's changing rapidly and the direction is not good. It's a dangerous direction heading toward chaos and war. This troubled planet has seen more than its share of difficulties, but never has there been a time with more potential for global catastrophe. Modern transportation, communication, and other technologies dramatically change the speed with which events happen. Today's weapons are very different from past centuries, and any miscalculation by a world leader can send our world into a war that challenges our imagination. But the potential for war is only part of our problem. Consider our moral decline. Attitudes of what is right and what is wrong are changing at lightning speed. That which was once considered immoral and perverse is now the norm. Anyone holding to past thinking, thinking that was common only a decade ago, is ridiculed, scorned, and subject to a politically correct silencing campaign. Why such a sudden shift in thinking? And where is it headed? On today's program, I'll give you four predictions for your future. These are as sure as the rising and setting of the sun, and they will affect your life. I'll also be offering you our free publication, Armageddon and Beyond. It gives both the bad news and the exciting good news in our future. You can receive this booklet free of charge, so be sure to have writing material available to take down the contact information. And stay tuned because I'll be right back with four predictions for 2018 and beyond. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where today I'm going to give you four predictions for 2018 and your near future. So let's get started. Prediction number one, an Ezekiel warning will be proclaimed to the Israelite people. Few people know very much about the biblical prophet Ezekiel, and fewer still have any understanding of his message. It is therefore not surprising that speaking of an Ezekiel warning sounds strange to virtually everyone. So let me explain this in just about five minutes' time. The Israelite people came from the twelve sons of a man named Israel, also known as Jacob. These twelve sons grew into twelve tribes in the land of Egypt, where they were eventually enslaved but were delivered from bondage under Moses. This deliverance was popularized in the 1956 blockbuster movie, The Ten Commandments. This three-hour, 40-minute movie is still shown almost every year on television around the Easter holiday. After coming out of Egypt, the children of Israel took over the land centered in what is today known as Israel. Two of their best-known kings were David and his son Solomon. David was a good king in spite of a very serious sin involving adultery and murder. His son Solomon started out well, 
but he fell into idolatry, and this brought about a division in Israel after his death. The division occurred when Solomon's son Rehoboam refused to lighten the tax load upon his subjects. This resulted in ten of the twelve tribes forming a new nation that became known as the House of Israel. The Jews, along with the tribe of Benjamin, formed the House of Judah. Now, shocking to most people is the fact that numerous wars were fought between the Jews and Israel. The first time the term Jew is used in the Bible, they were at war with Israel. You can read this in 2 Kings 16, verses 5 and 6. Then Reason, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to war. And they besieged Ahaz, but could not overcome him. At that time, Reason, king of Syria, recovered Elath to Syria and drave the Jews from Elath. So Israel was divided into two separate nations. The house of Israel immediately fell into idolatrous worship, and they went into captivity to Assyria around 720 B.C. They were taken to an area between the Caspian and Black Seas, but the house of Judah continued another 130 years. Now, this background is necessary to understand the prophecies of Ezekiel, and here's why. Ezekiel was a Jew from the house of Judah, who was taken captive by the Chaldeans some 130 years after the house of Israel went into captivity. Ezekiel was given a message through a series of visions. Notice carefully that his message was primarily, though not exclusively, for the house of Israel, rather than for his people of the house of Judah. A number of passages in the book of Ezekiel easily prove this. Here's one from chapter 3 and verse 17. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. A little later, Ezekiel was told to portray a siege against the city of Jerusalem. This no doubt applied to what was soon to happen to that city, but notice that the real message was for the ten-tribe house of Israel, not the Jews. Here it is in Ezekiel, the fourth chapter, and verse 3. This, that is the portrayal of the siege, will be a sign to the house of Israel. And all one has to do is read the following verses to realize that Ezekiel knew the difference between the house of Judah, that is the Jews, and the house of Israel. This commission given to Ezekiel is confirmed in the 33rd chapter and the first nine verses. But I'll only read verses 7 to 9 for the sake of time. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Now here's the crux of the matter. Ezekiel was told to warn the house of Israel that disaster would meet them if they did not repent, but he was 130 years too late. Or was he? Or rather, 
was he to record this message as a warning to these people some 2,500 years in advance. Biblical prophecy is often dual. It had a former fulfillment, but also a greater end-time fulfillment. The book of Ezekiel is dual as it clearly speaks of events that are end-time. And so his message was preserved to be taken to the house of Israel in the latter day. This work of tomorrow's world understands that, and we realize we have a responsibility to take that message to the house of Israel. Expect to hear more of this warning in 2018 and beyond. So prediction number one is an Ezekiel warning will be proclaimed to the Israelite people. Now it's understandable if you're thinking right now that this is a self-fulfilling prediction. But is it? Or is it not the fulfillment of a prediction made more than 2,500 years ago? Our second prediction cannot be thought of as self-fulfilling, but it is sure and you will see it. I'll give you that prediction shortly, but first I want to inform you of today's offer, Armageddon and Beyond. This publication shows where our world is headed and not only gives the bad news, but also the good news that is sure to come. You need to know what to look for in the future. So pick up the phone or go to our website to have your very own free copy of Armageddon and Beyond. And I'll be right back with what else to expect in the coming years. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Before the break, I explained what the Ezekiel warning is and that it would be proclaimed in 2018 and beyond. Our second prediction involves the response of our peoples to that warning. Prediction number two is the Ezekiel warning will be rejected. The decline in moral values over the last hundred years has been dramatic, but it's picked up speed in the last ten years as more and more people reject God. Men and women live openly together in an unmarried state with no stigma attached to this arrangement. They couple and decouple routinely, sometimes leaving children hurting and bewildered, not understanding why they only live with one parent, or worse yet, why they have multiple mothers or fathers. There are voices crying out against the course our world is taking, but those voices are drowned out by those promoting immorality, and there is clearly a silencing campaign at work against them. This campaign to suppress free speech is especially active on university campuses. As Miriam Grossman writes in her powerful expose, Unprotected, 
You probably didn't know what some insider psychologists are now revealing, that psychology, psychiatry, and social work has been captured by an ultra-liberal agenda, and that there are special interest mafias in our national organizations. Likely you didn't hear that certain points of view are squelched, that there are horror stories of shunning and intimidation, and that many will not speak up fearing ridicule, vicious attack, or loss of tenure or stature. This suppression of speech and thought is not reserved for university campuses. Kirsten Powers is a self-described liberal who has become alarmed by the suppression of ideas, so much so that she wrote a book chronicling the problem. She wrote, here's the problem. Disagreement is fine. Discrimination is not. Liberals are supposed to believe in diversity, which should include diversity of thought and belief. Instead, an alarming level of intolerance emanates from the left side of the political spectrum toward people who express views that don't hew to the settled liberal worldview. The passion for silencing isn't reserved for conservatives or orthodox Christians. Moderate Democrats, independent-minded liberals, and the ideologically agnostic become targets if they deviate on liberal sacred cow issues. Rejection of biblical values is what political correctness is all about. It's censorship disguised in the sheep's clothing of tolerance and diversity. This suppression of truth was described nearly 2,000 years ago in the pages of the Bible, and how it will end with the wrath of God. Here it is from Romans, the first chapter, and verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The result of rejecting God, as shown by human behavior, is listed beginning in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And this brings us back to the Ezekiel warning. While the prophet Ezekiel was to take a warning to the Israelite nations, he was told that they would not listen. His message would be rejected and scorned by a rebellious people. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day, for they are impudent and stubborn children. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. Expect the message of repentance to be rejected. Moral values will continue to slide at a dizzying pace as our nations descend into a death spiral of immorality. Consider how far we have declined in just the last five years. I suggest you will be shocked to see where we are five years from now.
Before I give my third prediction for 2018 and beyond, a prediction that you can count on and one that will not be pretty, I want to give you another opportunity to order your free copy of our publication, Armageddon and Beyond. It gives biblical references that you can look up in your own Bible that reveal where our world is headed. It's yours free for the asking. I'll be right back in 30 seconds to give you a startling prediction of where all this is leading. So don't go away. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. On today's program, I'm passing along to you four predictions for 2018 and the immediate years that follow. These do not come from a fortune teller with a crystal ball or tarot cards, nor are they the product of star alignment. These predictions come from the pages of the Bible and can be counted upon. Before continuing, let me review our first two predictions. Prediction number one. An Ezekiel warning will be proclaimed to the Israelite people. Prediction number two, the Ezekiel warning will be rejected. As we have seen, we are a stubborn and rebellious people who will continue to reject the warning. And that brings us to prediction number three, punishment is coming. Again, we're not talking about the tiny nation calling itself Israel, that is found at the eastern edge of the Mediterranean Sea. As we saw earlier in this program, the man Israel had 12 sons. These sons grew into large families or tribes, and the Jews are only one of those tribes. The others still exist today and are far more numerous than the Jews. If you don't understand this, be sure to ask for our booklet on America and Britain for proof. Now let me say that I take no pleasure in showing you what God has decreed for the Israelite nations and for the world as a whole. I've lived in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, and I have visited and have friends in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Belgium, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and France. These nations are largely made up of descendants of the patriarch Israel, and they are in for a rough time in the years ahead. We are rebellious and have as a whole rejected the God who blessed us. We make fun of and ridicule those who hold biblical values. The media and academia look down upon people who believe in God. Small, ignorant people make sarcastic and crude comments on the internet about people who question evolution as though it were a fact instead of an unproven theory. This behavior is not going to end well. God is patient, but His patience appears to be wearing thin. We see disaster upon disaster, mass shootings, hurricanes, droughts, floods, and fires. The United States is more and more seen as a problem for the world. Canada is on the path to legalizing marijuana. And won't that be dandy to have half the country spaced out when important decisions are considered? Some would even suggest that this is already the problem. My friends, don't expect things to get better. There will be ups and downs, but the general trend is going to be in one direction, and that is down. 
God promised great blessings for our peoples if we obeyed Him. But there is a flip side as seen in Leviticus, the 26th chapter, beginning in verse 14. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. We see terror, just as the prophecy tells us would happen. We see wasting diseases such as HIV and AIDS. But it is not politically correct to link these diseases with immoral behavior. That will bring howls of disgust. But it is a fact, my friends, that HIV and AIDS is the result of immoral behavior. Yes, there are innocent victims, but only because others choose to violate the law of God. Our society refuses to face the truth. We also see other nations buying up our farmlands, industries, and natural resources. The prophecy goes on to say, I, that is God, will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. The prophet Hosea also tells us something that is happening and has already happened in some areas. Newfoundland was once a treasure trove for cod fishing, but no more. Some years ago, something happened that no one could imagine. The fishing industry collapsed when the cod nearly disappeared. The United Kingdom has seen their rich fisheries fall into hands of others because of European Union regulations. Is this prophecy in Hosea that I'm going to read only a coincidence? Or is there more to it? Note the moral cause of the problem at the beginning. Read it in your own Bible, Hosea the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 3. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing, and committing adultery, they break all restraint, with bloodshed upon bloodshed. Therefore the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. And note this, even the fish of the sea will be taken away. This is only the beginning. The prophet Ezekiel tells us how God looks upon our choices and our rejection of Him and His laws, laws that were given to us for our good. An end. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Now the end has come upon you, and I will send my anger against you. I will judge you according to your ways, and I will repay you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will repay your ways, and your abominations will be in your midst. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel also records an earlier prophecy in which he is told to shave his head and beard and divide the shavings into three groups. Chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 tell us what each of these groups mean. One-third of you shall die of the pestilence, and be consumed with famine in your midst. And one-third shall fall by the sword all around you. 
and I will scatter another third to all the winds, and I will draw out a sword after them. Thus shall my anger be spent, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be avenged. And they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal, when I have spent my fury upon them. With all this bad news, we need some good news, and the Bible predicts there will be. I'll give you that in a moment, but I want to give you one more opportunity to take down our contact information so that you can request today's free offer, Armageddon and Beyond. This booklet gives you details of what to expect in the years ahead. I urge you to get your absolutely free copy of this insightful publication. Just pick up the phone and call, or go to our website to order Armageddon and Beyond. And I'll be right back with the good news of what is ahead. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. So far, we've seen a lot of bad news, but there truly is good news for the future of the Israelite nations and for the world as a whole. Prediction number four, peace will come when Christ returns. The prophet Jeremiah calls the time just ahead of us the time of Jacob's trouble, but then he shows that our peoples will be saved out of this time of trouble. Jeremiah 30 and verse 7. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. We learn that the house of Israel and the house of Judah will both be in captivity when the Messiah, Jesus Christ, returns. But again, they will be delivered. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord. Many prophecies describe this time after Christ returns, and what a wonderful world it will be. Before we close, let me share with you just one of those prophecies. It's found in Isaiah, the second chapter. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and all nations shall flow to it. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Be sure to order your free copy of Armageddon and Beyond. And be sure to come back next week when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, and I, along with guest presenter Rod McNair, will continue to share with you the inspiring teachings of Jesus Christ, the encouraging good news of the coming kingdom of God, 
and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. So join us next week, same time, same station. To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.